Welcome to Off the Court, presented by Point Guard U. Today we are joined by Coach Tyler Roberts, the Victor Boys varsity basketball coach and former state champion just this past year. Coach, we're super pumped to have you on. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Reed. I'm a big fan of your program. Well, thank you very much. We are lucky enough to be able to host our camp in Rochester, New York at the Victor School District. Uh, it's a huge thanks to Tyler and all the efforts that he has done behind the scenes to make that possible. So nothing but gratitude for Coach Tyler. Uh, Tyler, I know you got a big game coming up tonight. Can you kind of walk us through your matchup? Uh, we're playing Brighton. Uh, they're very good. They're capable of beating anybody in our league, um, anybody in our division for sectionals. So we'll have our hands full tonight. That's awesome. Definitely send us a, a link. I'd love to catch it on a live stream if you got one. Um, for those of our audience that might not know you, can you kind of give us a little background to who Tyler Roberts is, how you got to where you're at, and kind of what inspired you to be a high school basketball coach? Uh, I was inspired to be a high school basketball coach because I had great coaches myself, um, great football coaches, great baseball coaches growing up. I actually grew up, I went to Adirondack High School um, in the foothill of the, foothills of the Adirondacks. Um, grew up in a small town called Boonville, New York. And just basketball and uh, sports in general have been a huge part of my life. And I just always knew that I wanted to continue to be part of sports and basketball especially. Um, I started out my coaching journey at Bishop Kearney as a freshman coach and I just continuously kept seeking out um, any camp I could work at, any uh, head coaching experience I could get, no matter how small it was, nothing was too small. And got my first varsity job at Geneva in 2009 uh, when I was 25 years old. And I've uh, been at Midlakes, been at RIT as an assistant and then I was fortunate enough to get the head uh, job at Victor. That's awesome. I love that. I think uh, the journey of a coach is always amazing. You know, so many people think it's just a simple rise to the top. You're, you go a lot of different places to kind of get to where you, you end up and you want to be. Um, I love hearing that. So kind of moving on to our next topic of like uh, the modern coach, right? I think a lot of us growing up, like our coaches, we had more old school coaches, um, they kind of, there was basketball and basketball only. They didn't care what you did outside a practice, not necessarily too worried about in school, maybe a little harder, less concerned about parent involvement. Uh, can you kind of speak to how you are able to fill the, the role of being a modern coach? And, and when I ask that, I mean that in the sense of like making sure your players are good academically, make, you know, making sure that they're staying out of trouble. I mean, I think being in Victor, it's a, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, the town right over. Um, yeah. So I'm very familiar with the type of students that you're dealing with. And I, I, you know, compared to some other schools, grades might not be as big of a concern, or, you know, but how do you make sure that, you know, you're managing the whole athlete? Yeah, each district uh, and each coaching opportunity has different uh, challenges. And at Victor, the kids, you know, the kids we get in our basketball program, by the time they're varsity athletes, they are the cream of the crop. Um, we're fortunate to be in a big district and the kids that don't keep up with their academics, the kids that don't behave in school, they usually don't make it uh, to the varsity level. With that said, we still deal with academic issues. We still deal, still deal with behavior issues. Um, and 
I think it all starts with communication. Um, we have a parent meeting at the beginning of the year. We lay out the expectations with the parents. Our athletes know the expectations. And, you know, we're all pushing the cart in the same direction. So when a student has an issue in school, whether it's academic or behavioral, um, when we have the conversation with the family or with the player, it's usually pretty easy to have that conversation because expectations have been uh, communicated ahead of time. And we really try to build great relationships with our players. We have about 80 kids in our program from seventh grade to 12th grade. And I know all the players' names. I know almost all the parent names um, right down to seventh grade. And, you know, we're a community pushing this basketball program forward together. So it's usually easy to get the kids and the parents on board with the values um, we want in our program. I love that. I think something that for any coaches that are listening, I think you said something that's so important of just like to have complete knowledge of your program, unity of your program. Like Victor, for those of you who are not familiar, like I mentioned, they're state champions. They're just a powerhouse. Um, but that that's something that was built and it wasn't always that way. Um, you know, I'm you know, growing up, it wasn't necessarily Victor was, you know, a, you know, always a state contender. Um, but I think for coaches that are listening so many times, there's a disconnect between, you know, sometimes the varsity and JV are there just because of how, you know, similar they are, but like how many varsity coaches know the players and the parents' names on their modified team. Um, I think that's super important. If you can get kids in a program that are learning the same stuff or similar culture, um, or at least have a relationship with a varsity coach, I think that that's awesome. And I can how do, how do you go about doing that with your coaches without, you know, maybe feeling like they're getting stepped on or having free, like, how do you navigate that? Yeah. So every time we bring it in, in our program, we say together every, uh, we, we have actually on our logo, the word together. Um, we're all pushing the cart in the same direction. And in our program, we actually go all the way down to third grade. And we have a, a free coaches clinic for all of our travel coaches in the fall. And, you know, we try to get everybody pushing the cart in the same direction because that's the one advantage we can have in Victor over other programs in our area is to be more connected. And the way um, to get kids to play naturally aggressive on the court is to have uh, the same terminology throughout the program. So when a kid goes from seventh grade to eighth grade you know in the program it's the same terminology the kids don't have to relearn um, expectations they don't have to relearn terminology and by the time our kids get to varsity we want them to be as naturally aggressive as possible our coaches at the modified level are experienced coaches uh one of them's actually two of them are former varsity coaches themselves wow and we have outstanding coaches in our travel program uh, and they've been gracious enough to be open to hey how do you want to do things at Victor how how are we supposed to do things here and you know I make suggestions I sort of give them an outline and then within that outline and meeting certain expectations they're able to have sort of their own artistic license and and coach how they see fit but some of the biggest things in our program um, are, you know, we emphasize to the kids, do your best, be attentive, put the team first, and 
then we play basketball on simple concepts uh, like paint touches uh, and then defensively, everybody guarding the ball, no matter what defense we're in. Um, so we try to keep it simple, give the youth coaches and the modified coaches an overall skeleton of how they can fit in. And, and then they add their own unique talents. We've had some outstanding travel coaches, some outstanding um, we still have modified coaches that are just elite. So that's awesome. How, how lucky are you to have former varsity coaches at the modified level? That's incredible. That's not every day that you have that. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, kind of, you know, keeping in mind our audience that we have, you know, with, you know, 1500 campers grades three through 12, all the way across the country. We're from Colorado, Kansas, Indiana, Michigan, New York, we have a lot of kids that are probably fighting for playing time, right? Like five starting spots, maybe they're, you know, the seventh, eighth, ninth kid, 10th kid uh, in that rotation and maybe feel like they're on the outside looking in. What advice as a varsity coach do you have for a kid that's, you know, dying to get a little bit more of coach's attention, a little bit more playing time? Yeah, I, I would recommend that the kid completely buys into the team first mentality. And I would recommend that the kid tries to find out how they can best help the team win um, and what they can bring to the team and how they can magnify their skills to help the team win. And, you know, every kid wants to play. And I love that. And, and if we have a kid on the end of our bench who's sitting there saying, yeah, I, I don't really ever want to go in, uh, that's probably not a good thing. Um, we love that our kids want to play. But at the same time, uh, the kids need to understand that the players that play are playing because we think they give us the best chance to win. So maybe uh, maybe you're a great ball handler. Maybe you're a great rebounder. Maybe you're a great three-point shooter. Um, I would continue to magnify the skills you're good at and continuously work to improve the skills uh, that you're not so great at. And... Uh, and show your coach that you're 100% invested in the team and helping them win, and it's not about you. And I think that actually probably ironically gives you a better chance of, of getting minutes um, over time. Love that. Now, you earlier you mentioned, you know, your relationship that you have with parents, right? How you have, you know, you know the names of the kids starting in the program. You have that, that preseason meeting with parents. I think dealing with parents has never always been necessarily easy, but I think, and you can probably attest this better than I can, but the, the shift in parent parental involvement, um, in coaching has skyrocketed, you know, and I think it'd be interesting to hear your answer to this because you've coached at the college level as well as the high school level. Um, I've had friends that play at the college level that they've told me on the first day of practice, coach said to them, Hey, if I ever hear from one of your parents, you're not playing, <laughs> um, versus like, I mean, that's just unimaginable at the high school level, right? And that's, you just right. wouldn't want that either, right? Um, right? To, you know, I've had, even myself as a coach, times where I've had to, uh, you know, ask a parent, hey, let's talk in 24 hours, uh, you know, yep. and they come to you heated after a game. How do you navigate dealing with parents in a way that allows for them to feel like they do, are, you know, have a say to some extent if they do? Um, while also manage, you know, allowing the child to be an individual and learn skills of communication, talking with the coach themselves. How do you navigate that? Uh, in our program, parents are 
our biggest ally. And there is no way we would have won a state title last year without the parents in our program pushing the cart in the same direction uh, that we want to push it in. There's a million different ways to play basketball. And we believe that the most important is that we're all together pushing in the same direction, regardless of what that direction is. Um, you know, it's just been proven different styles of basketball can win. So when I got here, we really emphasized uh, building a positive relationship with the parents that are coaching in our youth program, the parents that are taking these kids to a million AAU tournaments, um, taking them to go play fall league basketball. And the parents in our program actually influenced the way we play basketball at the varsity level, rather than us fighting the way they're teaching the game um, in AAU and in travel we embraced some of the way they were teaching the game. And then also uh, they were more willing to embrace things that we wanted in our program. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of parents that aren't involved directly teaching their son how to play the game. Um, and some of the parents are just great spectators and supporters. And I think it comes down to uh, just showing that we, you know, we will listen to parents. We will, um, we're not trying to push parents out of our program. We're trying to bring parents into our program to help us however they can. At the end of the day, parents want their kids to have a positive experience with basketball. And we emphasize that, you know, that's our goal also. Our goal wasn't to win a state championship. Our goal is to get better every day and to help the kids have a positive experience in our program. There's parents that help with our boosters. There's there's parents that help with like a, with golf tournaments. It's just it's unbelievable how invested the parents are um, for their kids to have a positive experience, and I'm incredibly thankful for that in this district. That's awesome. I uh, I want to kind of reference a quick story I have about you. So before I ever connected with you, I got to see you coach um, versus Pittsburgh Menden. I think it was the year you won coach of the year. I think you won coach of the year tw two years in a row. Am I correct? Four. Four? Wow. Um, so this this narrows it down to four years. Uh, I think it may have been after, it was after COVID. So it was at, at Menden with at uh, Menden. Phil Unguo and Rohan yep. Chipe. You were the 15, number 15 team in the state. Menden was three, maybe, I think. Does that sound right? Sounds about right, yeah. And watching you coach, man, you're passionate. Like you're, you're, uh, active on the sidelines. You can tell the kids really respect you, uh, high energy. What is it? I mean, I got to see a coach and for those who haven't got to see him coach, definitely, definitely go try to get to a Victor basketball game. What does a practice look like with you? Uh, practice is a lot of fun. Um, we, we play a lot of basketball in practice. Um, you know, we spend an incredible amount of time on fundamentals outside of the season so that when it comes time for the season, we're not teaching kids how to do left-handed layups. We're not teaching them, you know, the, the basic fundamentals necessarily in practice that are individual. We spend a lot of time in practice on team fundamentals. Uh, so we spend, you know, I haven't been in a lot of other practices recently, but when I was younger, I would go to a lot of high school coaches practices and observe their practices uh coach pitch at fairport um and you know a lot of other coaches we spend most of our time in practice on real basketball situations so 
playing in transition and, and that semi-transition when you're down one defender who's still hustling back. Um, we put our offense offense at a disadvantage a lot of times and give them expectations like, okay, you have to get a paint touch before you score and you figure it out. Um, so that's what our practices look like. And it's up and down. Um, we don't scrimmage ever. We never just scrimmage. Um, we will put our players in advantage or disadvantage. And I, I guess the closest thing we, you would get to a scrimmage would be we play uh, what's called three, five or seven trips. And we're going to take three, five or seven trips up and down the court um, where the offense or defense starts at a disadvantage and the players are playing out real game scenarios. And we pause it at the end of three, five or seven trips because in basketball, you never just like play for 20 straight minutes. Um, and, and what happens as time goes on, the, the level of intensity drops. Um, another thing we really encourage with our players is to com communicate with each other. So there will be segments of practice where us as coaches, we're not saying a word. Um, and you'll hear a lot of yelling from our players and um, a lot of high energy from our players because they're excited about like their, their ownership over practice. And, um, you know, that's throughout practice. That's not just in that, that small segment. That's awesome. That kind of leads me to another point. Like, how do you, um, give your players opportunities for leadership, like, like player led leadership? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, is me shutting my mouth and stepping back and letting them, uh, you know, figure things out on their own. Um, sometimes players will come to me and I'm very open and I allow players to come, come to me and talk to me, uh, last year in the sectional finals, uh, against Fairport, we were ahead maybe by six or eight with, you know, four minutes, four minutes to go. And the other team was kind of closing in on us. And, um, the players actually, they came up with sort of the strategy of what we were going to do against the triangle and two down the stretch. Um, I was saying one play call and Cam Ryan came over to me and he's like, Hey, let's, let's just run 50. And I said, okay, let's do it. You know? So the, the players knowing that they can talk to me um, at halftime, we always ask our players what they're feeling offensively, what they're feeling defensively. It's really as a coach, I'm not above them in, in sort of bestowing knowledge on them. Uh, as a coach, I'm just a part of the team. And my role is to try to bring the best out in them. And their role is, is to go play and perform at their highest level. So I think that's part of it. And then I, I think a huge part of uh, creating leadership is the off season where the players are, uh, you know, playing fall league, summer league. And that's a chance where I really step back and I do not stick my nose in things and I let them play. I let them make mistakes and, you know, I think that's the only way that they're going to truly figure it out is we're not going to be at our highest level if I'm demonstrative. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so tough too, like that what you're talking about, like as a coach shutting your mouth, you know, because so many times I remember when I was coaching, I feel like I'm playing a video game with a broken controller, right? But when you can kind of let go of that, 
um, control that you hope to have and then allow the kids to experience the game, learn the game for themselves and hope you can provide corrective guidance that then in the moment they can like hear your voice like, hey, I should have done this, I shouldn't have done that. Um, but that's definitely, you know, easier said than done. So I commend you for that. That's um, impressive to be able to, you know, give your players that much say. So I love that. Kind of as we wrap up, want to ask you, reflecting on your coaching career, what are some of the moments um, or achievements that stick out to you as particularly memorable? Uh well, of course, the state title last year, and before that, the sectional title last year. Um, I think one of my favorite moments um, would be when we were first getting it going um, at Victor. We haven't, we hadn't won a league title at Victor since two thousand four, um, which we've won four straight now, and this year we're we're number one in the league right now who knows how it'll end up um and we hadn't won a sectional title since 1978 so victor is really not a basketball school um and i i feel like those early days where we were struggling i think we were seven and 14 or something who cares about the record but we weren't very good yet and we had a key sectional win at webster thomas against the kid who ended up being like, um, he went to Damon on a full scholarship and he was conference rookie of the year the next year. So just a great player. And our team just completely bought in and, and worked to to stop him. And to um, we earned that victory that night and we had a lot of young players out there. And to me, that was one of my favorite moments coaching because I knew we were gonna be good that next year. Uh, because of the buy-in from those players. And I think that win really helped us get get some more buy-in. Um, you know, there's always kids that are going to be bought in, but I, I feel like it got us a little more buy-in from the community, a little more buy-in from the fringe players that were playing JV that year that said, ah, I don't know if I want to be part of this program or not. Um, so I think that was really important for us. So we always wrap up our podcast with a fun little segment called full court press kind of some lighthearted, quick questions um i'll start you off with an easy one you ready all right let's do it all right favorite color uh sky blue all right i thought you'd go with something closer to the victor blue devils <laughs> but hey, not too far off uh favorite cereal uh honey nut cheerios interesting that's the first time i've heard that one uh, now, is it milk before cereal or is it cereal before milk? Got to go cereal, then milk. Okay. I throw that in there just to make sure you're not a psycho. Um, okay. Favorite favorite movie? Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. Classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, would you rather give up appetizers or desserts for the rest of your life? That's the hardest question so far. I, I <laughs> think I would have to give up appetizers. Yep. Smart man. There's a whole industry on desserts. I mean, I think appetizers, they're great, but especially yeah, being from upstate New York, I feel like the best appetizer is the, the, the wing. And that's got to be an, I mean, it's an entree, you know, when exactly. we go out and get wings, we're getting it as the main dish. So we're yep. not losing anything there. Best Gatorade color. Blue. Blue. Good choice. So this one is a little, I'll give you some leeway on it. Best player you've ever played against or you know, coached for, coached against? 
Um, the best player we ever played against was uh, VJ Edgecomb, played at Luhai. Um, he's, I think he's ESPN has him ranked as number three in the nation right now, and he just committed to Baylor. Um, and then best player that I've ever coached, I I don't have one that I can say because we've we've got different eras now, and uh, we've had so many great players play for us. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always tough to pick, and I, I, I don't like asking that of coaches, but it's always interesting to see if there's one that sticks out. Uh, yeah. Loudest crowd you've ever played or coached in front of? I think it's got to be our home game against Fairport. Uh, when we beat them in sectionals, it, it was an overtime win. And uh, I just remember kids couldn't hear a word I was saying. So I think that's why it was so important for them to have, have their own uh, leadership skills out there on the court and all that stuff. So. That's awesome. Well, Coach, I've absolutely loved having you on the podcast. You're welcome back anytime you ever want to. Um, thanks for joining us and best of luck tonight. All right. Appreciate it, Reed. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, Coach.